This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found modern mammals and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Welcome to Lead Singer Syndrome. Hello, everybody. Nice to have you back. I'm your host, as always, Shane Told. It is hot, 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 hot up here in Canada right now. And of course, my air conditioning broke. I'm recording this from the comfort of my air conditioned car. But hey, you got to get these things done. So here we are. And today we have a much requested guest. And after doing this episode, I know why. This guy's awesome. Today we have John from The Main here. And in some ways, The Main is a very, very unique band. I'm sure people not that familiar lump them in with other, you know, pop punk bands. But I'm telling you, this band is different. Very, very cool stuff and great songs. Their new album is awesome. And I got to say, this is one of my favorite episodes I think I've done to date. Before we jump into that, Jesus, episode 130, that's how many of these things I've done. I want to thank everyone listening to this for the amazing support over the years that this podcast has existed. I want to keep it up for many, many, many more years because I genuinely love doing this thing. These conversations are hopefully interesting to you. They're extremely interesting to me. I meet so many new friends like John. I feel like this is such a cool thing I've set out to do. And I want to thank you for listening to this and supporting this. Because for some reason when I saw that number written down, I was like, damn, that is that is a lot of podcasts. Before we get into that, I want to remind you, it's very, very easy to get in touch with me. If you want to send me an email, no problem. I read them all. Leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. Also, make sure you check out our Facebook page. It's been recently pimped out a little bit. Shout out to Neil and Julia and Melissa for helping me out with that. I don't know the link or whatever, but just go on Facebook and search and you'll find it. We're on all the other socials as well. So feel free to hit me up on any of those things. I welcome any and all communication. 
If you want to help the show, there's a couple ways you can do that. The first way is just word of mouth. Honestly, as a musician, as a band member with my band Silverstein, I think word of mouth is 100% the reason that we've continued to be able to do this band. I've been able to be a musician. And I think the podcast is no different. So if you like it, please tell a friend, tell a loved one. Let's keep this thing growing. If you know anybody that would be interested in this, hearing two lead singers talk about what it's like to be a lead singer, feel free to pass on the word, shoot them over a link, share it on your social media, whatever you can do to help, because it really does go a long way. However, there is another way you can help as well, monetarily. It is called the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club, and it's meant for people that the one episode a week just isn't enough. If you've listened to every episode and you're going to listen to this one, you're going to be like, oh no, i got to wait a whole week to hear another one. And by the way, next week we have a great episode as well. But we have all these bonus episodes backlogged. If you sign up for the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club, you can go back and listen to all these other ones I have. Some of them with other lead singers. Some of them are not. Some of them are with other band members, other industry insiders, label people, managers, crew members of bands. A lot of very, very interesting insight and only available to members of the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. For as little as $6 a month, it gets you in. You get access to all that stuff. And you can also get access to merchandise shipped to your house every three months, private question and answer sessions with me, and also access to a great community of other fans of the show, fans of music, fans of other things that you're into. I guarantee you'll make some rad friends. Anyways, just check it out. The link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. We've got almost 300 people in the group. Shout out to all my sinners. Love you. Love you so much. We got members from all over the world, so it doesn't matter where you're from, you're going to connect with somebody. Again, the link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. Shout out to our sponsor, rockabilia.com. If you listen to this, you know they help out our show a ton and the rest of the shows on the Jabberjaw Media Network. Rockabilia.com, they have over half a million unique band merch items, all officially licensed. Why would you go anywhere else? I don't know why, especially because we got a promo code to save you 15% off your entire order today. Go there, pick out a couple things, and when you're checking out, put in PC Jabberjaw, 15% off your entire order will come, boom, right off, and you'll be you'll be hooked up with something sweet, you know? Rockabilia.com, check it out, the best in the business and a great supporter of this show. All right, let's get into it. Here it is with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. John O'Callaghan of the Main. What's up, John? How are you? Good, man. How are you doing? Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Good. It's a Sunday, you know? It's like, I feel like I never do podcasts on Sunday. It's like uh, <laughs> more of a Monday to Friday kind of kind of thing. I, so it's I like, feel that. I feel yeah. a little more relaxed today or something. I don't know. It's, it's, like, the, it's the Sabbath. 
The Sabbath. Yes, the Sabbath. <laughs> yes. Sunday, bloody Sunday. That's <laughs> uh, a throwback to last week's episode. Anyways, uh, but I digress. I'm here with John from the main. Uh, dude, it's so good to have you on the show. Uh, definitely a guy I've wanted to have on the show for a long time. And uh, yeah, just, just so much to talk about. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Where do you want to jump in? I mean, I, there's so much stuff to talk about, whether it's the fucking Twitter book you're putting out, whether it's the, the tour you did last year, the, the anti-nostalgia tour, um, the new record blowing up, um, your, your uh, song video being on a BlackBerry at one point. Like, all of these things, I'm so <laughs> intrigued, and I want to get to all of them. So where should we jump in? Um, what's up with the Diamondbacks? Baseball. This is a guy that <laughs> I'm knows. Just kidding. How well do I'm you kidding. know me? This is perfect. Uh, no, um, I don't know, man. the The past uh, the past two years has, has maybe even longer. I guess um, it's kind of felt like a renaissance of sorts for our band. Yeah, um, I feel like. Um, Kind of surrounding the the first summer we toured on uh, the album before this one, American Can- uh, yeah. called American Candy. Yeah. That was kind of we went out on Warped, and um, I don't know. It just felt we we felt like there was a, a new kind of life being kind of breathed back into what we were doing, and um, so I guess from 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 the transition from American Candy to Lovely Little Lonely, we just kind of wanted to maintain some of that momentum that we felt yeah um and i don't know it's been a really energizing couple of years um you know because being in a band i mean you know the highs and lows it's um sure it it it, it kind of can it it can be erratic you know It, it can be like what the hell am I doing? Why are we still doing this? And then it can be, why would I have ever thought that, you know? Um, but fortunately people have been very receptive and, and it's, it's been really humbling kind of the past couple of, of tours and couple of years. Um, so we're really just trying to, trying to maintain and, and trying to continue to push ourselves as, Absolutely. as a band. You well, know? you know, most bands get worse. As time goes on, and I mean, I'm sure as a, just a fan of music, you you know all about a band whose first record or first two records were great, and it seems like every record gets a little worse. Whereas with yeah. the main, it's absolutely done the opposite, and you guys have embraced that, and your fans have embraced that, and I mean, could that like, not what feels better than that? I appreciate you saying that. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting that you say that. It's it's. Um we're kind of on the the cusp of of writing what will be the next one um right sure cuz cuz um your last record is what up just about a year old now uh yeah a little bit a little bit longer um than that but it's you know it's an interesting thing like as a fan of music um we tend to put our favorite band or our favorite movies or our favorite whatever we we tend to put things in a box you know and it's like uh, God forbid that, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know an example of a band, but God forbid they go and do something different and right. try to, to just 
I don't know, whatever the motive behind it is, whatever the inspiration is, um, the fan in you is kind of reluctant to accept it, you know? Right. And I feel like, um, I don't know. For, for me, I think we've had the luxury, to be honest. I think part of part of it is that this is my first band that I've been in, and it's the mm-hmm. first time I've, I've written songs. So sure. I think that when we first started out, um, I was very subdued. I was very like, okay, you know, other people have done this, so they might have a better idea. Um, and I think as time progressed and as I became more confident in stepping into the role of, of writing the songs and, and you know, kind of being somewhat of a vision um, or, or trying to develop somewhat of a vision right. for the band, I think that it's been... Um, I don't know. I think that that uh, uh, kind of stepping into it a little bit more, leaning into it, has helped us. Um, I think try to I don't I don't know try to try to make records with integrity, trying to you know trying to tour with integrity, trying yeah. to you know just build upon um, the opportunity we were given in the first place, and and not repeat ourselves. You know exactly. what I mean? Like and not kind of take the easy way out but i I think that like what what you're talking about like bands making crappier records i think for me as a fan and i don't know if you can you can attest or feel the same way but um i I feel like you can hear when a band has no idea what they want and what their fans want yeah i feel like you can hear when a band is like trying to pander to an audience that was once there that might not be there anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like those those records just sound desperate to me. Um, and they sound lost. Right. So I, I think that, I don't know. It's an it's 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 hard to be a band. <laughs> no, it is. It's not easy. It's and very it's, difficult. And, and you know, you get to the point, you know, where you, you, know, you just put out your sixth record last year. That's the stage where it does get difficult because you're not a new band anymore. You're not, but you're not quite, you know, a, a, a heritage act. You know, you're somewhere sure, yeah. in you're somewhere in like this midlife crisis stage of a band. Yeah, and and you guys have done a great job of main, you know, maintaining keeping your fan base, but growing it as well. And, and uh, it, it really is it really is interesting. But there's must have been people pissed off when you said okay we're doing this full US tour and we're only playing our last two records those fans that have been with you from the beginning I mean you found a way to do it without total like you know turning your back on your fans somehow but you you know in some ways you sort of did yeah kind of I guess I guess we have been fortunate in a lot of ways that people have allowed us to do things like that and have I guess we've kind of earned their trust in a certain light. Um, Mm -hmm. I I guess, you know, for us, like we haven't played some songs from our first record, which is arguably our most successful. Um, We haven't played some of those songs in in three plus years, you know, or some of them we have never played. Um, and, And that might be, to a fault, you know, like maybe we could have played for more people had we leaned into that a little bit more or wh- whatever. I don't know, but it's it's too late to kind of <laughs> second guess that stuff. But I think for us, 
it's been a, a really neat kind of give and take because, you know, people tell you, I mean, you know, we're not, our, our heads aren't in the sand. Like we, we know <laughs> what people say on Twitter and what people say online. So it's like, we definitely listen, you know? Um, but at the same time, we try our hardest to, to lead as well. And to say like, just because, well, how about this? You know what I mean? And I don't know. I, I think that there were certainly people upset, but we were blown away by the, the response, by people like coming and knowing that they, they were getting those two records. You know what I mean? Like we made no bones about it. It was like very, here it is. Here's, here's what yeah. you're paying 22 or 23 bucks for. Like, and people came and that was really, really cool. So yeah. Very cool. It's very cool. And it's, and it's inspiring as a, you know, as a musician, you know, trying to push forward, trying to, you know, uh, maintain creativity and trying to do the opposite of what I said is like make a worse record, you know, constantly trying to, to do better and push harder. So I just, I saw that and, and was, you know, I remember last year seeing that or whenever it was and, and just being like, wow, that is, that's ballsy. You know, if I have one, <laughs> one word for it, it's ballsy. And I'm not talking about the Diamondbacks. What's <laughs> yeah. with their uniforms, dude? I don't know. The man. Worst, it's they a, have it's to a, have the worst uniforms in sports. It's a team in limbo. Yeah. Yeah. But they they got... started out so well too and it was it's been rough watching the past I think they've lost 14 of their last 15. Oh, yeah, the Blue Jays had I'm a I'm from Toronto so I'm a big Blue Jays fan and they went on like a nine like lost 9 out of 11 or something. And it's Yeah. God, baseball's just Are you so you're a baseball fan? I, I I love baseball. Yeah, it's such an, an addiction, isn't it? Like when Cause it's such a long season. It's and every day, <laughs> man. Like I probably put because I watch pretty much every Blue Jays game, and then I I watch a lot of Red Sox and Yankees games because it's the same division, and they're like the enemy. So yeah, I yeah. want to see them lose. And I probably so I probably commit in the summertime a g- at least four to five hours just baseball whether watching it or reading about it or whatever <laughs> yeah all the shit i could do with my time and i wasted right? doing that yeah. yeah my goodness but those uniforms man they're hideous yeah they're pretty awful the teal sucks <laughs> uh so I, I, let's go back to the beginning man I, I i know you're from phoenix um yeah and you grew up i guess like obviously being a music fan but the fact that the main you know is your first band that I read that you didn't have any vocal experience or anything when you started. That's pretty unique. Uh, and I know you're a guitar player now. Did you play guitar earlier in your life, or, or what was your musical upbringing sort of like in the, the early years? Um, so I got a. I think I'm the the Christmas I turned twelve. Um, my parents got me an acoustic guitar. I was really. Um, I looked up to my cousins a great deal and my uncle um, who all played guitar on my mom's side of the family and um, they played it extremely well, very proficient and, and made it look really just easy. You know, like, how, you know, just watching somebody play that is, is you know, skilled, it, it look simple. So right. I, I wanted to be a part of that crew and... Um, my my parents got me a guitar, and I, I I fiddled around with it a little bit, but um, 
I, I, it never really grabbed me like completely. Um, so then a couple of years go by and I wasn't really doing music. I was playing baseball growing up. Um, and then I got, um, I got Fruity Loops, the, yeah. the DAW kind of interface. And Dude, I love um, it. They just released it for Mac. Yeah, and yeah. I, I used to have it on like my old PC and I used to fuck around with it and I just got it back. And literally the other day, like two nights ago, I wrote like a really shitty like EDM song. Uh, uh, just because I was bored, but yes. Yeah. Um, um, well, that's actually, it's funny, like how many producers of hip hop and EDM use that that interface or that. that I know. <laughs> it's crazy. But, yeah. um, so from there, I just kind of like, that's at least, I think, where my love for like arranging songs and, and writing um, to some sort of grid kind of started. Yeah, um, my brain could really understand the idea that here's a laid out uh, arrangement, and like here are the ups and downs, and the you know the parts, and um, so I, I, I traded um, goofy beats back and forth with buddies growing <laughs> up, um, and and continued to go uh, be like the the number one fan for all of my friends bands um so i was constantly going to concerts and um college rolled around and i really had no direction and uh long story short the our drummer patrick and um our bass player garrett were looking for a new singer and they were starting a new band and um that's kind of where i came in and um it things kind of happened pretty quickly after we formed, uh, we put up two songs and we were really, really active on MySpace when mm-hmm. we first started out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would, I mean, the same way that, you know, you were saying spend a couple hours watching baseball, we would spend hours, <laughs> you know, like, like commenting and replying to people and, and trying to like build relationships online um, and spread the word of our music and, and, that first summer rolled around and we went on tour and it was, I say things happened quickly, but nobody came to our tour. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, Oh, you're already playing for a couple hundred kids. It was like, no, you're playing for nobody or seven people in California or whatever. So, um, we were just green at that point. We were just like really excited to be able to get into a car and go and play music in a different state. Um, yeah. And then from there, yeah, we got courted by, uh, Fearless Records, and then uh, we made our first EP, and then turned around and made our first record, and that was kind of the beginning. So these these other guys, you know, that were in your band uh, at the time and, and are still in the band, um, were they? In, they must have been in bands when they were in high school and stuff like that too. So they probably had a little more experience than you, which it sounds like you didn't have any experience. I mean, especially yeah, yeah. singing. Like, how did you even know you could sing? Um. I think when I was like dicking around with like um, Fruity Loops and like stuff like that, I just felt like I I knew that I had some general sense of melody, if that makes sense. Like <laughs> yeah. my brain just could understand mm-hmm. that like, oh, that's the right note and that's the wrong note or that doesn't fit in or you know what I mean? Um, so my friends were in their band and 
and at the end of practice, like I would, I'm telling you, like I was like the number one fan. I would like go right. sit in on, on their practices and um, the practices would kind of end up and then I would either, you know, fuck around on the guitar or like sit in and play with the guys that would linger. And then I remember like singing some... I forget who was. We were like super into drive-through records back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was like that was it for us. So right. like the starting line and um Yeah, Finch and Census Fail. Like and, that Finch record was yeah. huge and yeah. um so like we were just dicking around doing like cover songs and um somebody was like, Hey, you can actually sing and I think I was like trying to emulate somebody from drive through and um then from there I, I just I got drunk the night before I tried out for <laughs> for the band and I was like I was um kind of hammered and I was like hey so Tim our manager actually is our drummer's older brother okay um so that's the link and he's been my one of my best friends since sixth grade so I've known Pat our drummer since he was in fourth grade um so the ties go way back um and Tim, I was telling Tim that I wanted to try out and, and he, you know, he kind of brushed it off, but then I ended up showing up to his, his parents' house the next day and we cut, um, a song by a band called Ivory that was from back in the day. Okay. Who we really looked up to. Um, and then, yeah, we recorded it and like they dished it around and then it was like deliberation period and it was like you're in man let's be in a band so <laughs> all yeah. right all right yeah i like the story yeah and 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 here we are and and like relatively speaking i mean if you think about what was that 10 years ago maybe yeah uh, uh 11 yeah oh, okay yeah i mean it's it's for how much you've done and how many records you've made it's it, it did happen quickly like yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of, it kind of, it's a bit mind blowing to be honest. The, the amount of stuff that you guys have done, you know, um, wow, like that must just be a trip to think back. Yeah, and I think that that's just been the mindset from day one. Um, like we don't know where this is headed, kind of thing. Yeah, but like let's maximize our time here. You know what I mean? Like let's like really take advantage of this platform that we have um and that was you know i think it, it was just pat and tim our drummer and, and his brother just like their work ethic is so unreal yeah like you know printing flyers and we would go walk and flyer shows and we flyered warp tour we burned cds and we handed them out and you know what i mean it was just like there was no time to really waste because the landscape of music was like drastically changing at the time too. So it was like in order to like go higher on the charts on MySpace, you had to like <laughs> sure. hustle, you know sure. what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think that our mantra has always just been like, take advantage of, of the ears that are listening. Not, you know what I mean? Not take advantage, but like, don't take it for granted No, absolutely. and, and, and work hard. Um, well, you guys, I mean, you guys are a punk, like you guys are a punk band, even if you don't sound necessarily like a punk band. And obviously if you're talking about, okay, whatever you guys are labeled, maybe you're a pop punk band. Well, you definitely musically have a lot of pop, a yeah. lot of the pop influence, 
Definitely. And especially your new record, which is fantastic, by the way. It's Thank got you. great songs and great pop sensibility. But you guys, in terms of just being dudes, you guys are a punk band. You know, be, like from the beginning, like you said, burning your own CDs, making flyers, not relying necessarily on Fearless Records right away to promote you. But I mean, Fearless Records, even that's a punk label originally. And, sure. uh, and, and, you know, and now, even now with you guys having your own uh, record label, um, being very, very hands on with all the things you do. Um, it's, it's pretty cool that you guys haven't just said, eh, fuck it, we're a pop band, let's sign to a major label and, and just let them handle everything. That's something you guys would, would, you know, at least at this point in your career, you would never do that. No. And, and fortunately we, we got to see it through when we did sign to Warner Brothers. Right, right. Um, and that is really, that is the, the turning point in our band. Like we, uh, that could have been easily the end of it all um, <laughs> because it wasn't successful, you know, on, in the, in the, in the realm of, of a major label, our, our second record wasn't a success. So we fortunately got to see it through. And I think that that, the DIY thing, like us being very hands-on is, is why we would never have survived being on record labels for long. Um, it's just really imperative that we are a part of every decision that's made. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, uh, again, it's, it's one of those things that like having some distance between the start and now, um, we're just humbled. Like, I know that that sounds like super phony, but it, it's like, it's the truth. It's it's real. Like we we can't believe that we're still allowed to do it. We can't believe that like people are still asking us. Like Kevin Lyman's asking us to play Warp Tour and stuff. Yeah, it's right, like right. I, I mean, we could easily be shelved as like old dudes, you know, in the third life crisis right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's it. And again, it's 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 the the hard work and the the vision that. Tim and, and Pat and, and the rest of us share at this point. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to get more into that, but I got to ask you, I, I'll never forget when I got my Blackberry bold <laughs> yeah. and I, and I was like looking through all these cool features and like, you know, for the younger people, they won't remember this, but like, you know, playing videos on your phone wasn't really a thing at that point. Sure. You know? And I remember there was a video section and I clicked on it and there was your video for, I think it was into your arms. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's preloaded onto, I mean, it's gotta be like millions of blackberries. Uh, did that, that you must've seen some kind of uptick from that. Uh, unless people, you know, unless it, people were annoyed and was like, what is this shit? Like using up sure memory on my were. phone. I'm sure. So I would have been, I'd be like, how the <laughs> fuck do I delete this? Um, <laughs> it's like the U2, uh, Album on, yeah, on, exactly, uh, on exactly. iPhone. Exactly. Um, no, what's funny is I, I uh, there was a girl that I was like had a crush on in high school that ended up texting me and like, hey, you know that you're you're on my phone or something like that. I was <laughs> like, score. It didn't end up going anywhere, but um, but I think that those are the kind of things that like highlight the idea of the big music industry you know what i mean yeah, like that is right. what that's the reach and that is kind of how somebody like on the other side like on our side you you and i and um 
we can understand like, oh, this is how people manipulate, you know what I mean? Like here, now you like this song or now, you know what I mean? <laughs> sure, so, sure. Um, and was it Warner of course Brothers at the that, time we we're like, fuck yeah, like let's, right. <laughs> like, let's do it. Of course. Was it Warner um, Brothers that, that got hooked that up for you guys? So it, I, I don't know who exactly did it, but it, you know, it was weird because we only upstreamed because we thought we were going to be pawned off. Um, without kind of our consent. Right. And we thought that um, Fearless was going to sell their record label to some major. Um, so I'm not... Which I guess they have now, but that's another, yeah, yeah. That's another so story. I, I, yeah, I'm not 100% who who was responsible for it. But but again, that was like a, a, a time in our uh, a time in our career when we were just like... We were lost for sure. We went in like on Warner Brothers and had to write songs with people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. had to co-write with like weird adults that were like, "Hey, what do you want to write a song about?" It's like, "Fuck, man, this is not music. This is like, <laughs> like a this is a commodity." You know what I mean? Like this is like somebody trying to. Right, like develop a new Cliff Bar or something. Right. Next thing you know, um, they're going to open up some folder with like the demographics about your yeah, your audience exactly. and analytics like, for sure, and, and what kind of song you you, you know they're, you're going to write based on that. On yeah, shit like so that. I, I mean, and you're right, that, that's not music. No, and that whole it, that whole period is just uh, we're just lucky that we got off, like that we got yeah. off the label, and that and. and we do owe it to some of those people that were at Warner Brothers because finally they were like, okay, just f- fucking fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, get out of here. So <laughs> I, I think, you know, for us, that was like a cool a cool victory. Right. Um, and it, it, Sometimes it's, not it's like, nice to be told, told to fuck off, right? That's yeah, what you yeah. Need. Exactly. <laughs> and it, it's not like that was like uh, the the tipping point, you know what I mean? That wasn't like the part, no, now you're DIY. Now like you're a big band. It was like, no, now we have to work even harder and we know that it'll mean more. Um, if people dig it and if people don't, then we know that we failed on our own. You know what I mean? Like that was, that was like a, a really, uh, a really rewarding kind of time. It was really tough, but really rewarding at the same time. Absolutely. Well, with your your record label, eighty one twenty three, um, is that is that an imprint of another label? How does that work? You're distributed through somebody. Like like, what exactly are you know? Are you just one hundred percent independent? So the the last two have been distroed through. Um, I believe red both times. Okay. So we did uh, distribution deals for those two records. Um, but marketing and everything else falls on our shoulders and, and we weren't like given advances, you know what I mean? Like we were, we were, uh, we were given money to print the CDs and print the albums, but that was kind of it. Yeah. So now I think, I don't know. Now that we put, um, there's been a little more time and, and we put more thought into the process and realized like, okay, now a year or two removed from the last record, less people are buying records, you know? So it's course, like yeah. where we're, we're at a place now where it's like a discussion, a serious discussion needs to be had on how we want to release the next one and, and who will be a part of it or, or if anyone. Um, right. So, um, 
other than distribution, we're all we're we're completely doing it in house. Um, and really, in house is is Chelsea, who I think you've corresponded with, um, right? Yep. And, and and Tim, and and then you know the the homies we bring out on the road, and you know our buddies, whoever will kind of like help. It's uh, it's a, it's a pretty special thing. So, so anyone twenty three, really, a really nice tw- little tight knit family, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it makes it harder, obviously, because um, we don't have. Um, you know the the resources that some people have, but we have a great booking agent, and we have, uh, you know, like I said, a great manager and great friends and great support. So awesome, yeah, awesome. You know what I thought was really interesting, and you know, you know, you're talking about how no one's buying records anymore. Well, you know, I just took a quick little, you know, uh, uh, trip over to your Spotify page, and I noticed that the top five most played songs on your Spotify, like top five, are all from your new record. And yeah, they're all wow. and they're all like well over like ten million um, streams, which is pretty impressive. Um, That's unreal, yeah. And, and I was, you know, because I, I looked at the songs, and I, I kind of remember your old stuff, you know, a little bit from you know just I don't know from maybe from Fearless Records or, or whatever it was. And I saw this these song titles, and I was like, oh, I don't really recognize these. And then I realized they're all from your new record. I'm like, oh my god, that's. That must they must be proud of that, but that's must really speak to, you know, what you guys are doing independently, you know, with your with your management and stuff. And and I just I don't know if you knew that, but that's very impressive. Yeah, it's 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 unreal. Um it it again, I think that corresponds with like why we did that kind of uh modern nostalgia yeah. tour, like the yeah. anti nostalgia and um again it speaks volumes about the support we've been shown over the last two records. Um, and, and I'm sitting in, in our modest studio right now and I'm trying, you know, it makes it fucking way harder to think about the next one. Um, I'll tell you that much because it's, it's one of those things where it's like, what can we do? You know what I mean? Like what, what can we do that can surprise and, and appease and not, fucking scare people away but also not repeat what we've done so um well your last sorry i'll go go ahead no no i was just gonna say we're trying to we're definitely trying to to embrace the last couple months um on warped and and we're going to i actually leave for germany tomorrow we're doing some european stuff um right i saw you're doing like rock'em ring and rock'em park and yeah yeah have you guys ever done those oh yeah it's like Are they awesome? one of my favorite festivals in the world. Really? Yeah. I think our, the biggest show we ever played was there at Rock and Ring. There's there's a photo um, of, of us playing. I think it was like 2000, maybe like 2010 or 2012. And it's like, I don't know how many, like it's something like 80,000 people, you know, go oh to that gosh. thing. And we were on the main stage, so we had a bulk of the crowd watching us. So I don't know how many thousands, but it's like you can't even see where it ends. That's unbelievable. So I don't know, you know, what stage you guys are on or whatever. But God, it's, I don't. It's, a, I, it's an I amazing. On, it's I think an amazing we're on the shrimp, shrimp stage. Yeah, shrimp and <laughs> shrimp and white wine stage. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're doing that stuff, and it's uh yeah, it's just it, it it'll it'll be it'll be good to to kind of wrap it up, hopefully in a, in a big way. No, totally, and and I mean with the record, um. Uh, uh, sorry, where are my notes here? 
uh, with the record Lovely Little Lonely, I feel like it was a record that was cohesive. And it was a record that was just kind of banger after banger. Uh, I mean that in a good way. But I also read that you had a lot of trouble writing it in terms of lyrically, and a lot of it was written at the last minute. Is that true? Yeah. Um, I, I, I took a different approach this time um, uh, with, with writing it. I, I did a lot of stuff in the box uh, in Pro Tools, um, whereas before my demos were very caveman there were very like voice memo on my phone with uh, an acoustic and some lyrics um and this one was kind of a little more produced on my end um before i kind of came together with the the guys and and we started writing the songs um so a lot of it was instrumental and i've kind of continued that process already for the start of the next one um but it, it, so they were empty of they were void of of, of lyric and melody, um, right? And then I'm, I I linked up with the the dude Colby who produced it, and we just kind of started throwing out just gibberish, um, and kind of started zeroing in on on melody, and I think for me that made it very difficult because I could hear words, but. I was also looking at pages and pages of words that I had written down that just didn't seem to fit. Right. Um, so it, it just was really taxing. Um, and there was like some personal stuff that happened that just kind of like, you know, when you, you just things that take kind of the wind out of your sails um, and make it feel like you're not going to be able to accomplish what you're setting out to. Um just like overall confidence sort yeah of thing. yeah and it was just yeah it's kind of that same place like i don't know if you you can uh, attest again but i get to this point um before we're actually supposed to be producing a record or recording a record i get to this point where it's like how the fuck did i do this before and it's like yeah, what yeah. what what did i do the last time and it's almost like you it's almost like you forget or like your brain tells you that you forgot how to do it. And for me, uh, that feeling just kind of lingered for too long. Um, and that was when I was just like, fuck it. I have to just commit to like some words. I have to commit to melody and I have to commit to it. So um, the cohesiveness was a, a, a sought after yeah. thing for us yeah. like we wanted to feel like the record flowed from start to finish because we felt like in the past we'd never had that um, on a record of ours so it was like that part we were really excited about and, and really excited to tackle and I just felt like again I lost my fucking I lost my mojo for a minute and, and and now that feels like that's kind of where you're at again. Yeah, even yeah. Though, even though, like, cognitively, you should know that you've done six. That you've done this six times. You've made like six pretty all right records, and the last two have been probably your best two. So why wouldn't record number seven be even easier and even better? <laughs> you would, yeah. I don't know. But maybe But maybe you have to put yourself in that place of mind. Like you need think, to feel like like challenged, do you know what I mean, or something like that. Yeah, there, there's this really 
great David Bowie quote that I always think about when I do feel like this. And obviously I'll paraphrase, but it's something about um, walking out into water and, and getting to a point in the water where your feet just barely don't touch. And that's where you'll make your best stuff. Right. Um, and that's kind of, yeah, I think you're right. I think there is some some self-imposed challenge that you kind of put, at least for me, I put in my own way that's like, okay, where's the rub? You know what I mean? Like it has to be fucked up. It has to be tense for me to like, I don't know, feel some sort of satisfaction or gratification after it's done. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... I, I I know we can write songs, whether or not they're like good. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> that, that's you know that's yeah. for the listener. But yeah, right. Oh man, that's that's great, uh, dude. This is this has been awesome. I'm really enjoying this. Um, I, I wanted to you know your personality is also unique too. I mean your band. You know we're talking very seriously about making music and how seriously you take that. But there's a big part of your personality that is not serious. You know, sure. whether it's your YouTube videos that you guys make, um, you know, whether it's like some of the stuff that you, I mean, some of the stuff you put on Twitter is actually pretty, you know, serious too. But, you know, you have this side of you that that's different, I think, than, than a lot of, you know, pop vocalists, if you will. Um, it, what does that come from? Is that just something, the way you've always been and just the way that you just need to act is, that's your personality? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think just uh, the idea that it's so easy to like overlook the individual um, in society. Like, I think there was a real big shift for me as a frontman when I started to like notice that there wasn't really much contrast in the characteristics of my peers. Um, like they were almost, and I'm not trying to sound pretentious. I just felt like they were interchangeable. Like, um, okay, here's some tattoos and a and like a, a loudmouth asshole personality. Like that could be this guy on Warp Tour, this guy on Warp Tour, this uh-huh. guy on Warp. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I just felt like some humility um, was really important because. This is this is my first rodeo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but th- and this is like what I'm just really excited that I get to do it. And can you can you tweet that? Can you make that one of your daily tweets? <laughs> sure. This sure. is my first rodeo because that's good. <laughs> um, you know, I just feel like th- this is the same dude that I've been my entire life. Like, why would I try to put on, um, you know, the front and try to be some egomaniac or like I don't know I don't know it's 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 strange because there's so much of myself and my life that I don't want to give away um so I think maybe I balance some of that with just being a goofball right. and I really look right. up to like I really look up to the Foo Fighters the way that they've been able to like balance that line of like yes what we do is very serious because we're serious musicians and we we write serious songs but like we're actual people you know what i mean like we're actual human beings we're not fucking we're not like you're saying we're not pop stars we're not like trying to be on whatever teen bop magazine or whatever i don't know um right 
so I don't know. It, it, it's it's strange. Yeah. Well, Dave Grohl has got to be one of the most likable people in music. Yeah, totally. And like, he's the guy that you know we've done festivals with Foo Fighters and stuff before, and he's like, he's just like roaming the hallways, like saying hi to everybody. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Like that's his his personality. And and if you got time for a quick story um, about Absolutely. Dave Grohl, so we we were playing um, this festival in Switzerland called Greenfield. I don't know if you've ever done it. It's absolutely beautiful. It's in the mountains of Switzerland, and it's it's fantastic. And uh, the Gaslight Anthem was playing, and we're you know f- pretty good friends with them. And their drummer had to go home for something, some family you know emergency, and yeah. they didn't want to uh, to cancel the show and like you know lose the money or whatever. So they had our drummer Paul uh, fill in. So he, you know, kind of knows their songs, but like never, you know, they couldn't practice or whatever. So he just like listened on a, like played on a practice pad. And then it's like, all right, it's go time. Here you are in front of 50,000 yeah, yeah, people. Yeah. So the, head, the, the Foo Fighters were headlining the show. So, you know, we're all there watching side stage and watching our friends in Gaslight and watching our drummer play. And guess who rolls up right behind when, uh, when they're about to start? Oh, Dave, Grohl, Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins. And, oh god! And our drummer Paul looks over and he's like, "Oh my god, are you kidding me?" Like, <laughs> the drummer for Nirvana is about to watch me play drums, and I don't even know what I'm the fuck I'm doing. I don't even know the songs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. And oh, uh, god. and it was cool because you know we you know D- Dave is so he's so just easygoing and like approachable, you know? So we kind of, I kind of whispered over my shoulder. I was like, I was like, so this is what's going on. Just so you know, cause we're laughing. Right. Yeah. And, and, and once he was in on the joke, he was loving it. You know, like there was a time when, when I could tell like Paul did a fill and like, he wasn't sure if, if the, it, the part next part was like halftime or, you know, regular time. <laughs> so for a second he started playing halftime and then went, Oh, and then you know started playing regular time again. Oh god! And Dave 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 Grohl was like was like loving it, you know. That's amazing. So yeah, it's it's, it's yeah it's it's a great moment. So you know, um, but I know what you mean. Like going back to your you know your personality, and I mean if you're talking about a, a frontman personality role model, uh, I I think that you know I think that's okay. I think it's okay to learn f- from the you know other people that you admire, and totally. and, and probably like, and also learn what not to do, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and just realizing that, like, what you're doing and what you're saying, it, it actually, you know, if people are listening, that, uh, you know, that actually means something, you know. So if you are a jerk and you're, you know, saying F the world on, on stage or what, you know, whatever, like everybody to each their own, I guess. So it's, yeah, I think it's just important to, to be an individual. I absolutely do too, and I think that that's cool that you guys had have had that, you know, your own personality despite being, you know, in some ways, you know, musically, it's it's like you guys you guys are, uh, you know, you know, you're not doing anything super extreme where you're like trying to reinvent music. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, or, yeah. You're not totally. trying to to like write Radiohead's next record before they write it or anything. Totally. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and I think it's cool that you let your personality shine. Uh, all your personalities in your band shine because then that makes your band unique in its own right. Sure. And that's why sure. you have fans that are like, the main's my favorite band. Like, And there's plenty of people that feel that way. And it's not just because you write great songs. There's more to loving a band than than just the music, you know? Totally, totally. So, all right, dude. Well, hey, I, I don't take up too much of your time. Um, 
I do want to talk about what you guys have coming up. Obviously, the last Warp Tour, and I know you guys have been a part of it before. Uh, how are you feeling going into that? It's going to be uh, probably a little bit of an emotional ride. Yeah, I mean, um, for us, I think we'll just be really hyped. Yeah? Um, yeah, we just know the opportunity, and we know the platform is so... It really is vast. You know what I mean? Like, that was the appeal from the start. Um, that's why we flyered when we weren't even playing. You know, it's like... Yeah. There's a there's an opportunity to play for people that don't necessarily know your music or have pegged you a certain way and there's an opportunity to change their minds. You know what I mean? So, um, it's, it's one of those, I I mean, you've done it. It, It's, we've done one of those, it's, it's one of those ones that, you know, it might be grueling and, and, and you might get frustrated in, in the moment, but like afterwards, I don't know. We've had such a blast every time we've done it. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It'll be a, it'll be a great summer. Um, no, we yeah, did the whole then, we did the whole thing last year, and we're doing eight shows this year. Oh, nice! Uh, just to kind of say, uh, you know, our our goodbyes to it. It's a tour we've totally. we started. We did it in two thousand four. Was our first time, and I think we're in the top ten of band like most done it the most times of any band. The most times, yeah. yeah so, so it's, yeah. it's an important thing for us, and and uh, yeah, man, I'll I'll definitely come by and uh, bring a couple beers over, and we'll uh, yeah, likewise drink one behind the trailer. Um, yeah. No, that's rad. Yeah. And actually, um, I do have a fan question here really quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. From Lisa Buckland. She asks, uh, how did you come up with the idea for 8123 Fest last year, and how was that? Um, so I guess, long story short, it's just been a, kind of a pipe dream since maybe for the, the past five years. Um just an opportunity to kind of like throw our own party. Um, Cause <laughs> yeah, we don't, cool. you know what I mean? Like we don't get invited to a ton of them. Um, so we felt like, you know, we're not going to get the nod to come play Coachella. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's like, let's do something a little more, um, oriented to, to the people that are there. Sure. Um, Coachella, more like no Cella. <laughs> there you go. Um, but it was like, you know, a culmination of 10 years being a band and, um, you know, all of our families were there. And, and it was really great because we got the opportunity to have people come visit our town and our our home city. And, um, it, it, you know, we're, we're already gearing up to, to announce uh, when the, the next one's going to happen. So, um we learned a lot and actually when it, when it was happening, it was like pretty unreal. Like just looking at it go down and, and realizing that it was, it felt like more official than it probably should have. <laughs> right, um, right. but yeah, it was, it was a really neat thing to kind of see from, uh, from pipe dream to, to fruition. So, and you have plans yeah. to do it again coming up? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I probably get, I'll probably get excommunicated if I like give exact time frame, but right. um, I know we'll we'll be announcing it soon. Very cool, very cool, and people in the Phoenix area can look forward to that. Yeah, uh, Austin Matthews, man. There you go. That's, we need that's you. My why, boy. Why didn't we get him, dude? That's my boy. Well, he's playing for the Maple Leafs, so I'm very happy about this. We need him or Connor. We needed Connor yeah, or him. Yeah. Oh, you're so you're a hockey fan. 
I like hockey. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. No, I uh, yeah, I, I I think it's funny, you know, that like the one of the best hockey players like in the world is from Arizona. Right, like where you We're guys like, have no, you have no business having a hockey team. <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it's it's always yeah, funny. We're like, like, I get shit from from my buddy all the time. Where lakes don't freeze, you have a hockey team. Right. Yeah. Well, look at the NHL uh, Stanley Cup final right now. It's Vegas versus Vegas. Yeah. Oh, I guess it's Washington. Tampa didn't win, so I was thinking the other day when if it was going to be Tampa. You know, you're talking about two cities that have absolutely no business, no business playing on ice. Yeah. But uh, you know, hey, whatever. Go Knights. Uh, yeah, I'm salty about the Knights. They don't, I don't know, whatever. Well, it got salty. Remember at the beginning of the season when the Knights beat the Coyotes like twice and the Knights were kind, oh, of, yeah. talking, they were kind of talking shit on Twitter? Yeah. But I, I like I'm the like, Knights. I'm like, dude, the Coyotes have been bad for a while now. Like, we don't get to just handpick a Hall of Fame goalie because we suck, you know? Yeah. I don't well, know. Well, okay. Expansion. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's. I, I've got mixed feelings. You know that thirteen players on the Knights had career highs in points. Thirteen. Wow. So I guess the only first liner they had was James Neal, right? Yeah, that's right. So so maybe I don't even know. Maybe it is. I don't a even good know if he's a first story. liner actually. To be honest, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, it, it'll be cool. It'll be cool to watch. But anyways, dude, uh, thank you so much for your time and um, enjoy the trip over to Europe and and have fun at those massive festivals. Thanks, man. I uh, I look forward to meeting you in person on, uh, over the summer. I'll see you there, man. All right, man. All the best. Yeah, take care. Take care. See ya. Yeah, see ya. There it is with John, a guy that I've never met before. I've heard great things about. I was not disappointed. That podcast was awesome. Absolutely awesome. I loved every minute of it. Looking very much forward to seeing John and the rest of the guys on Warp Tour this year. If you're on the fence about going to Warp Tour, I say just pull the trigger. It's the last one. Get out there, get your tickets. You're not going to be disappointed. So many great bands, and it's going to be, if you've gone to Warped Tour before, it's going to be an emotional experience, I think. And I think every day is going to be packed, a lot of fun. So make sure you check out the main. Make sure you check out Silverstein as well. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. I will let you go. I hope you have a wonderful day wherever you are. If it's hot as hell like it is in Toronto, I hope you find somewhere cool to hang out. Shout out to my sinners. Make sure you check out the All Access Club. Tell a friend, tell a loved one, email me. And if you need merch, check out rockabilia.com. I will leave you with a tune. And playing something old doesn't make any sense. Because the main is firing on all cylinders right now in 2018. So here is the number one song on their Spotify and a new song, Black Butterflies and Deja Vu on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. We'll see you next time.